Hey y'all, I'm Elisa. And I'm Samantha. And welcome to Watch for Deer. Hi guys, how are you? <laughs> what is wrong with you? I'm so excited. We are back for part two. I, I'm excited. I didn't look anything up. Nothing at all. Yes. <clears throat> but I will say that, you know how your phone listens to you? You, yes. We can be talking about something. Yes. And your phone, you'll get like a... Um, what is it? An advertisement, An advertisement. on like Facebook yeah. or something. And where everybody's always saying, oh, your yeah. phone's looking or mm-hmm. watching you. <clears throat> they may be looking at you too. Well, I was scrolling through Amazon Prime video trying to find something to watch. And I sent you a picture of it. Yes. And it, under the list of things you may like or something like that, it was like pig farmer. <laughs> and I was like, what? That pig farmer that's weird and i looked at the description it's like willie pickett or whatever his name picton. is picton i was there's no way that is under my things that i may like to watch so i took a picture of it and sent it to you it was the next day and i was like yeah. you've got to be joking me you've got to be joking she me. she's like does netflix really think was, i would like this yeah, or amazon? amazon and i was like well i mean it is something i would watch yeah i did not watch it i did not watch it i do however have plans to watch it but you didn't even know it was a movie did you no i didn't Mm-mm. no so. nope i sure did not well so we need to explain some any noises that you may hear if something happens during this podcast and you hear a goat bleating <laughs> not bleeding bleating that's that's the word for it <laughs> yeah if you hear that then you should know that i have two goats in my house we are downstairs in my bar area recording and my Ethel had a baby and yesterday. She's perfect. Oh my God, she's so cute. And it's too cold in West Virginia for her to be out. I don't have a heated barn. So she, they are in my basement in a pen, and it's wonderful. And we I can know. see them, and it's so, and it's beautiful. Look and look at her. She was like bedding down. <laughs> so if you hear a goat during this podcast, there's nothing we can do about it. Nope. Just uh, roll with it. You just got to roll just with roll it. Roll with it. And we'll, po- we'll post a picture um, when we post. Any other pictures? We'll have to share a picture of her because she's 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 precious. Oh my god! And it's a little girl, and her name is Birdie. She's the cutest thing ever. Yeah, when Elisa walked yes. in, she had been on my chest for like an hour. She was sound asleep. I was I was pretty much well asleep too. <laughs> it was nice. And Ethel was over there eating, and we were outside earlier. It, it warmed up a little bit, <clears throat> so I took her outside for the first time, and I'm holding her. Ethel walks about 30, 30 feet from me. Turns around and looks and goes, and just keeps on going. I guess she was like, hey, watch her for a second. I need a break. (laughs) We feel you, Mama. We have been there. So I've been watching her and letting Ethel eat and do all the things that she's not been able to do. But she's such a good mom. Takes a village. It takes a village. (laughs) She's been such a good mom. She is a good mom. And I've got it on Facebook and my kids. I've had several students message me. They're like, are you bringing the baby to school tomorrow? Because I run a pretty big agriculture club. And I'm like, guys, I can't take her away from her mom, but I promise I will bring her one yeah, day. Yeah, she'll have to go and visit all the kids because they'll, they'll, oh my gosh, she literally is the most precious thing. We have She's chickens. so tiny. We have chickens and everything at school, so <clears throat> I think so they tiny. think Birdie will just fit right in. Birdie will fit right in. And she is so small. She is tiny. I didn't realize, like your cat's bigger than she is. Oh, Yeah. Definitely. Twice the size. Twice the size of this goat. Like, she's so small. And I don't think, I think when I come in yesterday and I seen her, like, I was like, oh, 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 she's so 
little. <laughs> yeah, you like did. You, were, you couldn't believe how tiny yeah, she like was. I didn't realize. Like I knew she'd be small, but like I don't know. She's so small. She she's so tiny. tiny. She's so tiny. <gasps> she's so precious. All right. So we left off. We had um, several missing women. Um, Willie was a suspect. Mm-hmm. They had actually tailed him for no. two or three weeks. I'll tell him. Okay, tailed him. Tailed him. Tailed him. I thought you were trying to say they told him something. And I was getting ready to throw something no. in for saying tailed. No. <laughs> <laughs> so that is not okay. <laughs> they followed this man for two or three weeks. And they heard that something was and wrong. heard. And they, then they seen him bury those bones. <laughs> But they had tailed him a couple weeks and didn't really come up with anything. However, at the end of the last couple minutes of our part one, they had gotten a warrant. Um, Scott Chubb had told them that he was in possession of um, prohibited and restricted firearms. Mm -hmm. So they busted in on Willie and arrested him. And that's where we left off. And obtained a search warrant. Based off of the guns. So that is where we left off. And this is where we begin. Now upon the search of Willie's trailer. The officers found a pair of handcuffs. Covered with fake tiger fur on the headboard in his bedroom. Ew. Ew. <laughs> they Ew. Found... <laughs> gag. Gag. Could you imagine how nasty those were? Oh. Because he was so filthy. You know what? It may have not been tiger fur. They may have just been orange with dirt stripes. <laughs> that's, that's a huge possibility. Huge possibility. It's dirty. <clears throat> they found several pa- uh, pieces of women's jewelry, a picture of a woman, um, some pieces of paper with Donna Taylor's name on them, and a woman's purse. Now, Donna Taylor was one of the missing women in Coquitlam. There were also a couple of nightstands near the bed. Um, the officer opened that nightstand up, and in the bottom of the drawer, they found a blue box with a flare gun that had been adapted to take 12-gauge shotguns. Now, stretched over this flare gun was an adult item mm-hmm. of <laughs> silicone-based... <laughs> stuff um next to the <laughs> not stand i don't you can't say I'm no not. i can't say it but you you smell what i'm, what I'm getting on but, or ew. No. <laughs> what <laughs> no no i do not <laughs> no i absolutely do not what no <laughs> you pick up what i'm putting down i have never asked anybody if i understood something by you smell it i was just thinking about the smell <laughs> in the trailer Awful. <laughs> We're never going to get through this episode. I just started <laughs> why you'd ask me if, you, if I could smell it. Again. <laughs> I can't breathe. You would not want to smell I'm crying right now. <laughs> don't smell that. <laughs> you don't know where that's been. <laughs> From now on, you have to say, just say, do you understand what I'm saying? Not do you smell it. 
you gotta keep going. We're gonna be here all day because I'm I'm distraught now. Oh, I'm crying. I can't even see to read this. I'm so sorry. Don't smell what they pulled out of the nightstand. Do not smell it. For the love of all that is holy, do not smell that. Okay. Okay. Go on. I'm not looking at you right now. Don't. Don't look at me. Next to the nightstand on the floor was a box. The officer opened it and saw a collection of kitchen knives of all different sizes. He then moved to the television stand. And there... (laughs) We're going to have to take a moment. We'll be right back. I just want to say for the record that by no means is what happened to these ladies funny. We're, We're just strictly laughing at... My idiot self, because I have trouble with words, and the English language is hard. Okay? It's just hard. Just do me a favor. The next time somebody, you're trying to explain something to somebody, and you want them to understand it, ask them if they can just, just look at them and say, can you smell it? (laughs) But we're better now. We are. We got got that out of our system. We got it out of our system. We're ready to go. We did. We took a moment. We composed ourselves, and we are ready to deliver this story to you. I'm so, I'm ready. I I'm ready. Okay. Let's go. Let's, All right. Let's go. So we had a box of knives. <clears throat> had a box of knives. Um the officer then moved to the television stand. There he found <laughs> You're not ready. <laughs> what is wrong with you? It's true. I just <laughs> <laughs> I just can't believe you asked me I can smell it. <laughs> you were like it was a silicone-based thing fit over the gun, and you're just looking at me, and then you're like, like do you, you smell you it? Do you smell <laughs> <it>? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> We're just going to have to stop and record I tomorrow. I meant to say, do you smell what I'm stepping in? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> you should never describe something like you just described it. And then as we fucking smell it. I didn't mean literally sniff it. <laughs> Don't know where it's been. I can't breathe. You're going to have to stop the whole podcast. We'll be back. <laughs> okay. I'm back. We're back. We I'm are. better now. Yes. I've got the laughs out. I've just never had anybody ask me that. I'm not going to say it again because I'll start laughing again, but I'm composed. Yep. And I apologize for that two minute laugh fest that should not that was actually a 15 minute laugh fest because we could not record 15 minutes of us cackling and crying yeah but i'm gonna need elisa to figure out her english language working on and sayings that people say and what she said is not something that people say when you don't understand but we can make the best t-shirts do you smell it just read sorry just read so he moved to the television stand and there he found videos and papers among them were books and a paper with Heather Bottomley's name on it. She was another missing woman. The officers moved to the back <laughs> of the laundry room. They found a handgun, a Smith & Wesson twenty two revolver. While searching the rest of the trailer, Officer Ken found a glass container containing women's hair barrettes. Another officer found an unspent twenty two caliber shell and a small holster. He continued to Picton's office, and under a chair, he found a gray ski bag, and inside of it was a pair of women's running shoes. 
It also contained an orange inhaler containing Flovent, which is a medication used by asthmatics. On the side was the patient's name, Serena Abbotsway. She, too, was a missing woman. The officers inside the trailer hear Officer Kim on the radio. He had found something very strange in the outbuilding. They had found some more women's items. When they looked in the loft of the barn, they found three purses, some shoes, and some papers. One piece they could see had Lynn Ellingson's name on it. Across Canada, across the world, people learned Willie Picton might be the most prolific serial killer in North American history. They learned that the Vancouver police had dismissed talk of a serial killer years before and had fired their own expert on the subject, Officer Kim Rosmo, whose work was valued in many countries, just not in Vancouver. Search teams began assembling. Now, this was huge. They began setting up perimeters and barriers to keep the public out. The first large search took about four hours. All they did there was gather all the clothing and all the items, you know, purses and mm-hmm. shoes and things. Yeah. And they sorted all of that into piles. The search in Willie's bedroom turned up more of Heather Bottomley's possessions. As they searched the slaughterhouse, it contained many items, including a women's watch. They didn't know who owned the purses, it clothes, included and shoes. included what? A woman's watch. Woman's watch, okay. Yep. Um, they didn't know who owned the purses, clothes, shoes, and bits and pieces of cosmetics and jewelry. It would take months and then years to identify the people who died here. What they did know, after just being in his trailer and slaughterhouse, was that they were in a killing ground, even though they had not found a single body. Everyone knew the search had to include the ground itself and not just the building and vehicles on the property. The entire farm, which was now about 14 acres, had now been declared a crime scene, the largest in Canadian history. You cannot possibly grasp how big of a search this was. By July 25th of 2002, the police had added another nine names to the missing woman's list, bringing the total up to 63. By late October of 2002, there were about 200 people working on the Picton investigation, with 130 of them on the farm itself. Officers also searched two lockers that Willie had rented at Imperial Self Storage in Port Coquitlam. He had packed them full with clothing, tools, a briefcase containing documents, a woman's black belt, and an envelope full of teeth. The property had been broken up into 216 grids, each 20 by 20 meters. These grids were divided into four sections each, making it possible to define which exhibit came from which part of the farm. The osteontologists were chosen for their ability to recognize bones in diverse states of decay that had been exposed to factors ranging from fire to water. The forensic anthropologists were there to distinguish animal bone from human bone. And they also were able to provide like a biological profile of human skeletal remains such as age, sex, ancestry, and being able to analyze any trauma to the bone. 
Now, by October 27th of 2002, they had gathered 11,200 exhibits. Oh, my gosh. 86,000 of those from above and below ground at the pig farm alone. The rest came from the Piggy's Palace property. So, that was the dance hall slash bar that his brother Dave had. When you say dance hall, was it just, was it literally like a dance floor Mm -hmm. or was it like a stripper? No, where he, um, where Dave did like demolition, he actually demoed a, like a club and he seen an opportunity. So he just took up the whole dance floor and moved it in and kind of just built this club around it. Okay. So they actually filed for like a charter or whatever. They called it um, Piggy, Piggy's Palace, the Good Time Society, and they would have these bashes, and there would be, I'm talking, 1,500 people at this place. Oh, my gosh. This was the place to be. That, that was the place to be. That was the place to be, yes. Piggy's Palace was the place to be. It was right be. next door also to the Hells Angels Motorcycle Club. So, this club was where everybody went to party. They raised, supposedly, raised a lot of, like, charity works and things Mm -hmm. for different, you know, kids and homeless and things. Mm -hmm. But they also said that there was a lot of shady characters at this place. Mm Mm-hmm. Clearly. 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 Now, in February uh, of 2002, after the lab had tested items in Willie's trailer... They discovered that the DNA came from the very last known woman to disappear, Mona Wilson. The investigators had found blood, hair, semen, and saliva. Mona Wilson's shoes were found inside a cabinet in the trailer. As of this point, there had not been any bodies or body parts discovered. So at this time, they still had only found, you know, just hair... Just DNA evidence. Well, that's and, because and there's no items. bodies left. <clears throat> there's none left. They're all rendered down into makeup and soy candles now. <laughs> soy candles. And soap. I think soy soap. candles is an inaccurate description. Well, I'm sure it probably is an inaccurate description. However, it's probably... Epidermis candles. They know what I'm talking about. and You're, you're gross. I'm just saying. That's the, where they're at, though. That's what you're getting ready to tell me, isn't it? Just, oh, okay. just, uh, just, you're getting too excited. The cops try a different tact. After questioning Willie, they take him back to his cell, where he now has a new cellmate. This cellmate just happens to be an undercover cop posing as a murderer. Smart. Smart. He and Willie chats a little bit, and um, the cellmate explains to Willie how he disposed of his bodies. He says, um... He's like, oh, he's like, I murdered so many people. He was like, I just threw them in the ocean. Do you know what the effing ocean does to bodies? There isn't much left. Well, Willie's sitting there at the time, and he's, you know, eating his his dinner, and he was like, Psh. he was like, I did better than that. Willie gets up, and he brings his plate, and he moves over and sits right down to his cellmate. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, I pity this guy. Who? Sitting in here with Willie in a cell. Yeah. Because you know that he stinks to high heaven. Well, how long has he been in jail? They Now, I bet you they <coughs> made him bathe. I hope. I bet they made him bathe. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, gosh, I've killed my throat laughing. I'm so sorry. He says, 
he sits down on the bed, and he's sitting there, and he's eating. And he leans over to his cellmate, and he whispers in his ear. He goes, a rendering plant. Willie then brags about he was just one away from the big 5-0 before he got sloppy. That is how they caught him, you see. He got sloppy. That's what he tells his cellmate. Mm -hmm. See, I feel like that they kind of had his number anyways, and they kind of knew about it. But since it was prostitutes, that the Canadian Mounties, the... the Yep. Now, the Mounties were more... And I want to say that, really, the Mounties... Mm -hmm. um, really had more dedication to finding and solving this mm-hmm. than the Vancouver PD. Did. Okay, the Vancouver yeah, the, the, the Vancouver, Vancouver PD, PD could care less. Yeah, they dropped the ball because they <clears throat> didn't really care because it was prostitutes. They didn't give two shit. Allegedly. Mm-mm. Allegedly. So, but he's bragging here about he he's like I had 49, 49. I was, you know, one away from the big 50. He was like and I got sloppy. The investigators continued to discover more and more evidence. On March 27th, the cops added a new name, Ruby Hardy, who had went missing. The day before they added Ruby's name, the investigators found Jennifer Furminger's black Digitech watch in the slaughterhouse, which was one of several Willie had stored in various hidey holes in the slaughterhouse. So now um, these officers, they go and they're looking in this garage <coughs> slash workshop place. <clears throat> and um, this, there's this guy, this cop or whatever, um, he's looking in the workshop and there's two chest freezers that are in there pushed against the back wall. Um, the cops called them XD1 and XD2. He called the freezers that? Yep. Okay. Because everything's got a name and a label. Right. Because it's so huge. Now, and I'm taking this, I'm going to read this from uh, the book by Stevie Cameron. It's on the farm. On the morning of April 4th, Slay walked by the garage workshop at about 20 minutes after 8. He wondered why such a stink was coming from one of the freezers, the one labeled XD2. Maybe something in it was going bad, maybe a result of insufficient power, or because the freezer itself was old and in disrepair. Slay decided to take a look. But power tools and automotive equipment were piled on the lid, so he had asked his colleague, Corporal Fred Nix, who was a forensic identification specialist with 13 years on the force, to help him pry it open without disturbing the stuff on top. When the men bent down and peered in, They saw several wrapped packages all heavily frosted over, as well as a large chunk of solid ice. On top of this pile, lying on their sides, were two white five-gallon plastic buckets. Once, a clout detergent bucket was frozen solidly inside the other. Gently, Slay tipped the buckets and shone a flashlight into the mass that was in the clout bucket. God Almighty, ahead. Half ahead. He asked Nix to have a look and verify what he was seeing. Yes, it's a human head. Clearly visible under the frost and ice was the top portion of the back and side of a head. They could see some long matted hair lying in stiff strands and as well as an eyebrow, a cheek, and an ear. It looked as if the head were looking away from me. Carefully, the men closed the freezer 
and left the building. Go back to work and be quiet about this. So at this point, they go and they grab, you know, one of the higher-ups investigating officers and bring in the team to check um, to check the freezers. So all three go back into the slaughterhouse where the two forensic identification teams were working. Two members, Corporal Ross Spinard and Constable David Richard, <clears throat> continued working there. Everyone else was to move to Site D. So the team began by hauling away all the junk lying around the sliding garage door and setting it up in tented staging areas in the newly cleared space. So they would have these tents, like these, you know, sports tents mm -hmm. set up with tables all over the farm. Kind of like an archaeologist. Yes, very thing. much because yep. you had these forensic anthropologists going through everything. Right. They had stations that they had to process. There was uh, yeah. so much evidence. Yeah, I can see that they I had can, to process it yeah, that way. I can see what you're you're saying there. So they opened a route through the garage and storage spaces into the freezer, and that meant lifting the tools, all the equipment off the freezer lids without losing any of the items that was on there. Um, they photographed, videotaped everything in the space before they began taking anything out of the freezers. They began searching inside the freezer and removing everything in them. After photographing that pair of buckets, they tugged them apart, gently pulling out the clout bucket out of the, plot, the plain white one. They could see a human head in the plain white bucket as well. Like the other one, it had been cut in half vertically, down through the face and through the back of the skull. It was lying cut side up, carefully placed inside the cranial cavity were what looked like two hands. <gasps> Under the hands were two feet. What? Neat and tidy. From what they could see, the contents of the clout bucket were much the same. A bisected head with one side containing a pair of hands and the other side a pair of feet. <clears throat> I, I keep going. <laughs> She's like, keep I mean, just going. keep going so we can get through this. In April, the police decided it was time to pump out the cistern as it was raining and flooding was beginning to occur. Now, it took four days to empty this out. Inside, they found animal bones, razors, hair, scraps of fabric, some other material items. Now, this was a super stinky and muddy, sloppy job. Another searcher was working over by the old piggery and was raking through the mud when he came across something solid. Laying there covered in mud, pig crap, and garbage was part of a jawbone with teeth. Listen, these people that were friends with him, that woman that was his friend, Lynn and, and his brother, and all these other people, they they absolutely to know. knew. They knew, and they also should be prosecuted. Uh, one of the teeth contained a feeling, so at this point, they were sure that it was human and not like the jawbone of like a pig or you yeah. know, a cow. Um. This jawbone and tooth belonged to Brenda Wolf, who went missing almost three years ago, February 1st of 1999. Now, searchers would later find more DNA of Brenda's during their search. On May 8th, the day after they found the jawbone, they were able to pull DNA from a small triangular piece of bone that was also found in the cistern. This piece of bone would be linked to Wendy Crawford, who went missing on December 14th, 1999. Less than two weeks later, cops would charge Willie with first-degree murder of Brenda Wolf, 26-year-old Mona Wilson, 
29-year-old Serena Abbott's way, 23-year-old Jacqueline McDonald, 34-year-old Diane Rock, 25-year-old Heather Bottomley, 23-year-old Andrea Josberry, and he was not charged with Wendy's at this time because they just found just that that piece of bone. I don't know what else they would need beside a piece of bone, but whatever. But they knew that it was hers? They knew that it was hers, but for whatever reason... I don't know if it was just that singular piece. Mm-hmm. They didn't feel like they had enough evidence. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you've got somebody's bone on your property, then that's good enough. If I would I would Good enough. At this time, cops had about 3,000 pictures of personal articles that they had found on the farm. They had photographed them and the families and friends of the missing women had been invited to come and see if they could identify any of the articles. How awful would that be not to have a body to identify, but only being able to look at a picture and be like, yeah, that was my sister's purse. Oh. Or that was her hair bow. I can't or her imagine, ring, I can't or her, imagine her, that. Her watch. I can't imagine that. <clears throat> On June 4th, searchers were working around the slaughterhouse and began to smell a horrific odor. It was appalling. They tracked the stench and it led them over to where Lynn Ellingson had said she had seen the woman with red-painted toes hanging. Mm. Behind some wood were two plastic garbage pails. Upon looking inside, they found they were crammed with human remains, and the other one were animal. The pails were taken to the morgue to be autopsied. They had discovered another human head sawed in the same manner of the previous ones. This DNA matched that of Mona Wilson. Mona had actually died from a bullet to the back of her head, just like the other two skulls that they had found initially in the freezer. So after they went and they took him to be autopsied, they could tell that his his M.O. was just to shoot them in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. And then he would butcher them like a pig. Yeah. Like he'd, he'd hang them and butcher them like a pig. In early June, searchers were working in the slaughterhouse to move out more freezers. Now, they had about 12 of these freezers, because keep in mind, Mama Louise, she had opened up the meat lockers as and, a business. And they're humongous freezers. Yes. These aren't like, they're not, know, like, the they're not like a chest freeze. These right. are big industrial right. size freezers, because this was their business. Yeah. Back in the 60s, 70s, you know, people didn't have, you know, the room, the space, mm-hmm. the money mm-hmm. to buy these big chest freezers mm-hmm. like we did, or like we do now. Freezers were up on platforms, and they began to, like, cut it and pull it out. They noticed a small knotted rope, a shell casing, and what looked like more bones. Now, these 50 small bones would be tested and later proven to be the hand bones of Georgina Pappen, who was 37 and disappeared March 14th of 2001. Searchers would also find more of Georgina's bones under the pieces of flooring in the slaughterhouse, along with a friendship bracelet and a green toothbrush. July 15th of 2002, searchers would begin searching two more old chest freezers at the back of the workshop or the garage known as Site D. When opening the freezers, they saw three plastic bags. It would take another four months before being examined. Now, their contents would include ground human tissue. The DNA recovered from it matched two women, Inga Hall, who was 47, and she had disappeared March 3rd of 1998, 
and Cindy Felix, who was 43 when she disappeared, January 8th of 2001. There's just no way that you that anyone can tell me that anybody that was around him, anybody didn't that was around anything. him, didn't know what mm-hmm. was going on. I know. Didn't know what was going on. Yep. At this point in the investigation, searchers knew that they had to notify the health officials. It was entirely possible that Willie Picton had sold human remains in the meat that he had delivered. <clears throat> By July 31st, they had added nine new names to the list of missing women, which brought the total to 54. And he said 49. He said 49. Along with the names, the police gave the dates when they were last seen, including Lillian Jean O'Dare, September 12th, 1978, Yvonne Marlene Abagosis, March of 84, Cheryl Donahue, August of 85, Teresa Louise Troff, April of 1993, Richard Kelly Little, April 1997. Did you say Richard? I did. Antonio Colleen Emery, December of 1998. And Antonio? Those are men's names. Antonio Colleen. Colleen, okay. But that, Richard's a (coughs) man's name. Do you go more in depth with that or no? No. Okay. The charges of first degree murder had grown to 15, which included Serena Abbotsway, Mona Wilson, Jacqueline McDonald, Diane Rock, Heather Bottomley, Andrea Josberry, Brenda Wolf, Jennifer Lynn Furmanger, Helen May Hallmark, Patricia Rose Johnson, Georgina Faith Pappen, Heather Chinook, Tanya Hollick, Cheryl Irving, and Inga Hall. Julianne Lancott, a member of the task force, testified in late November of 2002 that she had pulled packages of wrapped meat from one of Willie's freezers. Some of the meat that was ground and then some of the meat that was in solid pieces like a roast. These packages were wrapped in clear plastic bags, supermarket plastic bags, or like brown butcher's paper. Now, she drilled out core samples of each one. Tests on the 14 samples showed that eight of those samples were human tissue. Oh, my Lord. Six bags of ground meat came from the body of Sandy Felix. When did this happen? Hold on. When did this happen? What year are we in right now? Uh, 2002. Okay. And they know that he's selling meat, right? Yes. Do we not have the health department? I mean, where is just their health calm department? Down. Just where's just, the health department at? Just I just, just don't and I don't understand how you can <laughs> drop the ball so hard, so incredibly hard. No. Yep. Like I, nothing. <clears throat> I have yeah. nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I have nothing. And, how, and how we know that... one person contracted Hep C because we talked about that in part one. Well, that was, was his... not a sex worker. No, but that was his friend <clears throat> who absolutely one thousand percent knew exactly what was going on. You can't just you cannot tell me that she didn't, and I don't care if she has Hep C or not. There, I said she it. was the one that helped Willie That's pick exact... up the prostitute. Right. right, she was the one that heard her scream. Walked out to the barn and seen her dangling by her toes. You yes. cannot be so <clears throat> blind to the fact. You cannot be so blind to the fact. Yep. Throughout the preliminary hearing, they wanted to consider seven new murder accounts relating to Marnie Frey, Tiffany Drew, Sarah DeVries, Cynthia Felix, um, Angela Jardine, Diana Melnick, and Jane Doe, 
whose skull had been found near Mission, uh, British Columbia, but to this date, she has never been identified. Now, this Jane Doe was found by um, Bill Wilson in 1995. He was selling homemade whirly gigs from a roadside stand in Mission, and he had stopped by the creek to fill his water bottle, and he found something that resembled an old bowl. Hold on a second. Whirly gigs like you blow when they like, spin? Yeah. Okay. Uh, after kicking this object over, he realized that it was half of a human skull. Now, to this day, they still have no idea who this piece of skull belongs to. Um, they they have not linked her to Willie, but they do suspect the way the skull was cut yeah. that it was one of his very first victims. <clears throat> the Picton case had made records. It was the biggest case in Canada... From the size of the criminal investigation, having around 500 investigators, researchers, just the sheer size of the crime scene, the statistic of the most victims of a serial killer. Now, it would also be the most expensive in Canadian history, weighing in at somewhere between 40 and $50 million. Well, that's Canada's fault because they could have stopped it years, years and, ago. Years ago. Years and years and years ago. They could have stopped it. The ongoing investigation would still cost around $26 million. Still their fault. Don't. Still Once their the fault. trial began, add another $4 million into that total. And again, still their fault. As if this case could not get worse, March 10th of 2004, Dr. Perry Kendall, a British Columbia senior health officer, announced that the meat from the Picton farm could have been mixed with human flesh and sold to the public and that particular mixture could be sitting in people's freezers right now. The authorities had mentioned that the meat that had come from the Picton farm were distributed mostly to relatives and friends or associates and was never really sold in retail stores or available to the public. Who said that? The authorities. Yeah, they're once again covering Vancouver up their high end. They're covering up their high end is what they're doing. Lisa Yields, who was Willie's closest friend, claims that is a lie because she can remember going on deliveries with Willie. Well, she, and delivering it to various markets. Yeah. in Port Coquitlam. Well, here's what's her name, Lisa. Lisa Yields. Okay, and she also had to know. Something was going on, something was wrong, and didn't say anything about I think it. So, too. So, Lisa Yields, you're just as guilty as Willie. As, I mean, I don't know, just as guilty as Willie, but I mean, you're just as guilty as the Vancouver Police Department. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, Lisa claims this is exactly how she contracted hepatitis C. Mm hmm. You wouldn't have contracted that either, Lisa, if you'd turned him in. By May 25th of 2005, there would be a total of 27 names on the list of charges to be brought against Willie. How did we not hear about this? I don't remember this. I don't either. I mean, I know it's another country, but it's North America. I mean, how right. did we not hear um, about I this? I know. They're like, right, they're our neighbors. You know what? I bet you I know exactly why. Probably about this time is when I stopped watching the news because it's all just lie anyways. Yeah. It's very possible. I don't keep up with the news. It's all depressing. It's I mean, all could you, imagine? you can't trust it. It's all it's biased. Just, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, 27 counts of first-degree murder um, would be brought against Willie. On August 9th of 2006, the judge would announce that the trial would only be held on six particular counts of first-degree murder, stating that a trial on 27 counts would be too much for jurors to understand and drag out the case. 
So the six counts that they decided to go with included Serena Abbott's Way, Mona Wilson, Andrea Josberry, Brenda Wolf, Georgina Pepin, and Marnie Frey. On December 9th of 2007, the jury returned a verdict that Picton was not guilty on six counts of first-degree murder. What? But was guilty on six counts of second-degree murder. Oh, okay. Explain the difference. Explain the difference between first and second-degree murder. What's the difference? I think... Hold on. Well, hold on. hold on. Here's what it is. Okay. Um, Judge Justice James Williams sentenced Picton to life with no possibility of parole for 25 years. After five plus years, they finally had a verdict. So this, since the, from the time that they arrested him, based on the gun counts, it took five, over five years for him to go to trial, for them to process the evidence and everything. Did you look it up? Yes. Okay. 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 First degree murder requires a person called the defendant plan and intentionally carry out the killing. In contrast, second-degree murder requires that the killing either be intentional or reckless and occur in the spur of the moment. Okay. He planned every one of this. Well, maybe it was because, though, he didn't specifically plan on the the woman. Like, he was going to kill somebody, but he hadn't, like, Mona. Like, he wasn't intentionally targeting her. Her, It was going to be somebody, but it could have just been anybody. Right. So, maybe that's what it is. I don't know, but it's ridiculous. In October of 2009, they recommended that Picton be charged with six more murders as they were still recovering information and DNA from the Picton farm in 2009. These six women were Sharon Abraham, who disappeared December of 2000, Stephanie Lane, who disappeared January of 97, Yvonne Bowen, who disappeared March of 2001, Jackie Murdoch disappeared January of 97. Dawn Cray disappeared November of 2000. And Nancy Clark, who disappeared in Victoria in 1991. In the end, they believe there were around 63 to 69 missing women. But they had only found 26 or 27 pieces of remains that they could actually link to Willie. There was never a full intact body found. He had slaughtered these women after he had his fun with them. He'd then chop them up and take what he couldn't hide or dispose of to the rendering plant. Now keep in mind, these rendering plants would melt things down like hair, feathers, and made into gelatin that was used in jello, cosmetics, and stuff like that. Now I read that as December of 2023... Mm-hmm. that the um, the Mounties were on the verge of destroying over 14,000 exhibits of evidence that was seized from the crime scene on the property. Some of the victims' families are fighting this in hopes they would get their belongings to their loved ones back. Now, the Mounties did state that such items, um, such as purses, personal artifacts, would be given back to the families, but some families have still never seen justice for their loved ones. And they think that the authorities should keep the evidence and keep searching. So if you're interested in reading this, um, you know, anything on true crime, I highly suggest this book, On the Farm, by C.B. Cameron. Um, And she also wrote one, The Picton Files. 
She did an amazing job of learning about each of the victims, who they were as a person. I really urge you, if you like true crime and you like this sort of thing, please read it. It really is a great read. So, I have a couple questions. I will do my best to answer. Okay. One, is Willie Pickton still alive? He is. And he's serving, obviously, life Mm -hmm. sentence. So, he is still alive. Mm -hmm. Who owns the property now? I don't know. Well, I wonder, you know, like if his brother David owns it. Well, they never. So, I I also want to mention that when he, we were talking about the guy in the cell. Yeah. His cellmate was an undercover cop. Yeah. Well, in the book, and like I said, I don't want to give away. She, she, she deserves, you know, all the allocates for this book because it is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. But part in that book where he was talking to his buddy in the cell he had said his alleged buddy his alleged buddy he had even said he was like they got me you know they got me they're gonna find they're gonna find dna you know i'm I'm going to jail i mean how how Mm. could they not they were finding half heads and torsos and but he also made the statement if i go down there's about 15 other people who will go down with me and but they didn't right but they didn't no no they they didn't. didn't so i don't understand I don't know how they didn't find anybody else's DNA around or on these bodies. Like, I just I just can't comprehend there being so many people in and out of the farm and not seeing. Obviously, Lynn saw what she saw. You mean Lisa? Lynn. Lynn Ellingson was the one that seen the one hanging in yeah, the barn. Yeah, but Lisa also... Lisa also knew because she was a friend. She cleaned up the place and she... She, she would clean up the women's clothing, the purses. You know, she would yeah. see IDs and documents mm-hmm. laying around. Right. She knew. She knew. And I don't understand why the authorities didn't go after her, after Dave, um, the butcher that we talked about in part one, that he had helped butcher the hogs. Yeah. He had to have known something. Mm-hmm. All the meat that they found on the farm containing human remains. Right. He had to have known something. There was a lot of people who had to know something. There was a lot of people. And I, I don't know why or how. I don't know if they offered her a plea deal for, you know, spilling her guts, whatever. But um, Well, didn't you say they were rich? Oh, the Pictons, yes. Well, I mean, who's Super to say that they wealthy. didn't pay him off? Hmm? Who say David didn't go back behind him and say, here, you know, keep your mouth shut. Yeah. And, you know, say something like, they're just prostitutes. It's not like it's that bad of a thing. They're, really? And pay them off. And they're like, oh, okay. I mean, who who's to say? I've, I've heard so many people say, oh, you'll do anything for money. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you do anything for money, you do anything. No, that's not true. Willie that's not true, but it is to some people, Lynn. apparently. He would make monthly payments to Lynn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it was, I don't know how much it was, but he would make monthly payments to her. Yeah, well... But yeah, that's the story of Willie Picton, Canada's, Canada's, oh my no. God, Canada's. <laughs> I'm proud of you for starting to uh, <laughs> recognize, recognize my woes. Recognize your own, your own <laughs> issues there. Canada's. Yeah. So Canada's most prolific serial killers. Well, that was, uh, that was interesting. And you did not make it as rough 
Is it could because you know? Oh, that, I totally could have. Really. Yeah, you could have, and I appreciate that. Uh, and you got your point across perfectly. Yeah, I, I could have made that one. Like I said, that book is phenomenal. Yeah, she goes into great detail. I mean, it's great. Mm-hmm. You really need to read it. Not you. I know you won't, but you, you out there who's listening, <laughs> who loves true crime like me, holla! Yeah, you <laughs> can read, read it. it. I will not read Go it. Go read it. She's not going to read it. Mm-mm. But let us know what you think of this episode by emailing us at watchfordearpodcast at gmail.com. Go like and follow our Facebook page at Watch for Deer Podcast. Go um, follow, follow subscribe, all that good thing on Spotify, preferably. But we are on Apple Podcasts and all the other, you know, Amazon Music. We are almost up to 100 followers. We need two more. So go hit that follow <laughs> button, please. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice. So <laughs> y'all be safe. And And watch watch for deer. deer.